1: Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Simon, it is an exciting show today. We have a little brotherly love today, as you will be welcoming in your brother for the hometown spotlight. Yeah, Jake Provan. Yes, a a man known far and wide throughout the United States and the soccer world. We'll have him on in a little while. Uh, We'll be talking about our new power rankings. We have a lot of controversy with some of the rankings, but (laughs) either way, people are still excited to hear about it. We have some U.S. Open Cup stuff to talk about. The Canadian Championships have been going on. A lot going on. It's an exciting time, but it is a little sad at the same time because it's our last official show for now in the studio before we break for the summer months, and hopefully we'll be having a little bit more uh, interaction throughout the summer, but... I will be off there for a few weeks. Yeah, hopefully if, if, so. if
0: I can figure out the technological stuff, we may switch formation and go one up front for just a, a few weeks. But you're off getting married I very am. soon. So, oh congratulations Thank on you. that. I'm very excited. Um, so, understandably, while you'll be taking a break from the show, I will be around. So, like I said, if I can figure out all the technological things, perhaps I'll do one up front for. Three or four weeks and go. figure it out from there. You
1: can call me in I'll, I'll call in there we uh, go. a few times and do it that way. But Not on your honeymoon, though. No, no no, right. no, no, no. I will be off the grid for sure. That's for sure. But um just for uh, business purposes as well, uh, this is also um, an exciting time for us because we are officially on Sports Radio America. I don't know if you heard the announcement last week, uh, but we are on Sports Radio America officially. Uh, our show will be airing on Sports Radio America on Fridays from three to six p.m. Eastern. So, just so you all listening yeah, out there are very well aware. Exciting. So we're very excited for the folks at Sports Radio America for giving us this opportunity. But uh, multiple other, other places that you can check us out on, you can download our podcast on iTunes. You can also uh, listen to us on Live 365 and tune in, and then also listen to us live here on Spreaker.com as well. Traditionally at 2.15 Central on Thursdays, but we had a little change in schedule today, a little shift in the formation. It's but- finals week
0: edition, so I things know. have to change. Exactly. they got to flow.
1: Exactly. But anyway, Simon, where can they find us on social
0: media? They can find us on Facebook, on our Facebook page, 2UpFront, or they can also
1: find us on Twitter, at 2 Soccer. Yes, indeed. All right, well, Simon, the moment, the fact fans have all been waiting for <sighs> we need like a, a vuvuzela mm, something I don't know but we'd like to officially welcome in your dear brother your older brother correct one of them I've one got, of them. got three older brothers your this is a brother uh, so yes. I will let you give your brother the proper introduction
0: all right so this is a man that I have uh, certainly obviously grown up with being my brother um, Jake Provan, he is our hometown spotlight. He lives in Florida now, so you may be wondering why is this a hometown spotlight. Well, Jake grew up in a suburb of Milwaukee along with me and, uh, and our siblings. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jake has played professional soccer uh, back in the days of indoor when it was a big league, the National Professional Soccer League, the NPSL. There's another NPSL out there, but it's a, it's a different NPSL. And uh, he also played in the old A-League with the Milwaukee Rampage. And happy to say... Um, he won a championship with both those teams. Jake also played at UW-Milwaukee when it was a very successful team, very, very strong team, and uh, actually played with Tony Sana as well, who, who was in the 2002 World Cup. I still think Jake should have been there as well, but that's beyond the point. Anyways, uh, let's <laughs> welcome in Jake Provan. Jake, welcome Woo! to the show.
2: Hey, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm glad I'm on the, the last show. So hopefully you're saving the best for last. Of course. That's always the
0: plan. (laughs) Awesome, Jake. Well, uh, like I said, you're down in Florida, so we we have you in studio, but on a phone in studio. Yes. Um, But we did this last week, and it worked out quite well. So, Jake, you are now with the West Florida Flames in Tampa. Is that correct?
2: Correct. So West Florida Flames is a a large club. There's about 5,000 players actually within this club. And that wow. includes boy. That includes boys, girls. There's, you know, certainly a rec level to it. There's a very large competitive level. You know, similar to what you see in any traditional state where you have state league teams. You'll have teams competing in the U.S. club soccer format. So you have the NPL, the National Premier League, and then what I specialize in with this club is the ECNL, which is the top female club soccer league in the nation. Um, So I've just been working down here with the teams of the ECNL, which range from we have ECNL development teams at U13 and U14, and then the leagues actually go up to U18. So I actually work with every single team at the club.
0: And what does uh, ECNL stand for?
2: It's the Elite Club National League, and it's under the U.S. Soccer um, Club umbrella, Okay, U.S. Club Soccer.
0: So, one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on Jake is uh just because obviously we have a close relationship i know you've you've brought some innovation to the way you train your players and it's been very successful down there. I know again, through the conversations we've had the the club is very excited about what you're doing they 're very supportive they've they've given you money to uh, do what you do. Um, can you tell us about this innovative approach and perhaps some of your philosophy behind this?
2: Yes, yeah, so with club soccer what you see is in and you know in an ECNL and most clubs are moving to a 3 night a week training session. So the the idea is and it's a US club soccer and even the national teams are supporting the the training to game ratio and they want to keep that ratio at a 3 to 1, 3 training sessions to 1 match because they believe the players develop more in the training sessions um, rather than playing loads of games. Um, the interesting component about soccer is, and we're soccer coaches for the most part, is the challenge of how do we get our players to be bigger, stronger, faster, because you see that at the national level, you see it at the European level, you see it in all the leagues from EPL, Serie A, uh, Bundesliga. These players are getting bigger, stronger, and faster, and that's how the game has progressing. And a lot of the youth now that are training three nights a week, we have to basically figure out, You know, besides the technical component of the game and the tactical component as they get older, how are they also progressing as a soccer athlete? And I say soccer athlete because, you know, every different type of sport has, you know, specific types of strength training, if you want to call it. And most of it is strength training. And most of the people that are familiar with strength training, while you look at football, it's probably the largest sport in terms of strength training, a lot of weight training. Um, And with soccer, I mean, a key component is, if you do research which i've had i've I've put an article out here to the club wide is about soccer fitness and what it is because as athletes you'll hear people oh my gosh you know that sport's amazing because you run seven miles a game Mm -hmm. which is kind of accurate you're going to have players that run seven to five miles a game however we don't do it at one pace we don't do it at a jog on average it's about 10 to 25 yard sprints Sure. Um, and you're at, near, you're at near maximum speed, 80, 90, 100 percent of your speed in those intervals. And during that time, you're not only running, you're jumping, you're changing direction, you're making tackles. Um, so there's a different type of power and explosiveness that comes with soccer strength and fitness. So it's a matter of taking a look at what works differently because sprinters right, are quick. Mm-hmm. Football players are explosive. You need strength. Um, uh, basketball players, you know, you look at their vertical ability. And soccer has to incorporate all of those. So it encompasses almost everything. So the challenge and the opportunity is how do you figure out how to incorporate all those while you're trying to coach three nights a week, hour and a half, where do you fit that in? Sure. So, so that's, that's been my focus. And, um, you know, I'll actually train, just to give you an example, I, I put together programs where I actually trained 60 girls at one time. So we call it we call it we call it SAQ. I came up for my own term with the SPS, where it's it's strength, uh, uh, performance, and speed, or strength, power, and speed. You know, the SAQ basically means uh, speed, agility, and quickness. But I've kind of combined the two, and I try to incorporate the agility and the quickness actually fifty-fifty, fifty percent without the ball and fifty percent with the ball, because the average time a player spends on the ball at one time is basically one to one and a half seconds. Okay, so um,
0: and how do you so see? The benefit,
2: oh, go ahead. The benefit for I'm sorry. The benefit <laughs> for me is, which most clubs don't have. Uh, I have an actual weight room at our campus. Oh wow! So I've actually combined because what you need is power training on top of the speed and agility. And what people I'm trying to get them to understand is what power really is in terms of soccer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and so you have two components to power. And a lot of people say power and explosiveness, and they use it kind of interchangeably, but they're completely different things. So your power is your, your force, which is basically your strength. and that's multiplied time your times your distance. But as soccer players, we also have to do it in a quick amount of time. so the shortest amount of time period. So you divide that by the time. So your, your power distance is basically your, uh, I'm sorry, your strength and distance is basically what can contribute to explosiveness. But then, when we talk about—I don't want to get too scientific—when you call it the contraction of the muscles and you're doing it within a short period of time, that's where you're getting your power. So that's what my philosophy is based on.
0: And you've seen this uh, obviously really help your players out. From what we've talked about, can you can you be specific in in, in some of the improvements that you've seen <laughs> in your players?
2: Sure. One is one just you know the physical uh, you know development, and it's not you know, the proper training, this isn't bodybuilding, you must, you know, the players aren't getting, you know, gigantic muscles, you know, will they have some muscle growth, yes, but it's athletic muscle growth. So it, it you know, it enhances their ability to perform. Um, it also, in terms of injury reduction, um, especially in female athletes, you know, there's, there's a, a tendency to females to have more ACL injuries, just because of the, you know, the physical makeup of their bodies. Um, since I came in, we haven't, you know, we haven't had one ACL injury, not one knee injury um, in terms of performance in addition to the soccer you know we've apparently the team had um, you know, a losing record in the fall right now in the spring we have a winning record. we play towards the end of the game if we're down we come back and we win because we're able to sustain the level of performance that we want. in fact our U14 team, um, we just went to Greer, South Carolina for an Ecl showcase. We went undefeated in that showcase. We defeated ohio Premier who 's second in their region, and then we also tied Bethesda in our third match um, and that's that 's you know a turnaround after playing two matches on saturday played the they 're the number two team in the country and ended up tying them three three and they have not had a team in the country score more than one goal on them this wow, whole year that 's incredible, holy cow
0: here's a little here's a little fact that you don't know. I've actually uh, I've been out to that facility you're talking about in Greer, South Carolina, this past summer. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty nice facility they got down there, from what I remember. Yeah, it's
2: yeah, it's it's huge. So it's part of uh, CISA, the Carolina Elite Soccer Association. Um, a, a tremendous complex, great pitches. You know what's nice is they play on grass. It's it's cut properly. Um, so it was a definitely a great complex, and that's part of the ECNL. The ECNL requires, you know, if they're doing showcases and matches, that they're pretty strict on what your fields are and the conditions of them. So they're ensuring that players play on quality surfaces.
0: Yeah, that's something we need to see more of up here in Wisconsin. Is, is we we have, you know, like FC Wisconsin, they've got their artificial turf, which I guess up here where you got the winter that that helps. But um, boy, it's there's there's still some facilities you go to, and these are supposed to be top level facilities, and you see guys twisting their ankles because they're stepping in a hole that just shouldn't be on the field anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's great to hear, at least on the East Coast, down in the Southeast, that they're taking this aspect of it seriously because that's got to be part of the development, right, is, is playing on, on surfaces that allow you to play the game.
2: Right. If you're working on a younger player's first touch passing ability, the ball bouncing and they can't control it properly. It's very tough to teach technique, which is you know it's that's critical from your your young ones, your academy players, if you want to call them, that up to your U13s, where technical the game should be focused on the technical aspect. So yes, I mean we have we have the benefit of weather down here. Sure. <laughs> that uh, for a sure. So it, it's easier to maintain outdoor pitches and and having decent surfaces. You know the Midwest. You know, as that disadvantage weather-wise. Even if you put the turf fields in, you're still dealing with winter, which lasts long. So you got snow on those turf pitches. Who's plowing them off? You have to plow them off. Hmm. Um, And then in the summertime, when it gets hot, I mean, players know that rubber burns the bottom of your feet. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to play on in the heat. So, you know, the, the thing for the Midwest, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and, you know, Minnesota's doing a great job, is they're putting full fields in domes. Yeah. Right. So that way you can train your men without any of the weather, uh, you know, the inclement weather that affects the development of those players.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Jake, a question for you. Um, it's in terms of as you continue to bring players up throughout the ranks, at what age do you as an organization and as a coach try to start looking at really solidifying them at one or two specific positions? Because obviously with kids, as they grow up, they want to be. everybody wants to play forward, everybody wants to score goals, but at what point in time and what age group do you really start trying to sift through the kids and say all right you're more of a defender you're more of a goalie you're more of a forward what what is the best age usually at that point
2: Yeah you usually you know stealing at U13 you want to experiment a little bit so I would say you know your younger guys if clubs are starting at U6 with the like grassroots micro soccer whatever you want to call it um U6 to U13 there shouldn't you there shouldn't be any position um you know restrictions on players you want it to be free-flowing. Focus on the technical side, you know, and that's why there are, you, we emphasize small-sided games because you want them to experiment, interchange. Um, you know, in my philosophy, that is, hey, look, everyone defends, everyone attacks, everyone's a defender, everyone's an attacker. Um, but once you start getting to that U-14 age, you definitely have to. You'll start to see, you know, what their traits are, and where will will they'll be more successful. Um, but even at the U-14 age, you know, I was just doing player evaluations for our younger age groups at the ECNL showcase. And then during the evaluations, the coaches will rank the players. But then I take a look at the rankings, and, you know, without looking at their rankings first, I'll start rating the players, but I'll do it in terms of, okay, I think maybe this player that's playing in the midfield could actually be a better center back. Um, so you're still kind of experimenting that U14 age in terms of positions. Um, I think U15 you f- you and above because you want to get more tactical in terms of your games because they should be set technically that's where you're going to start focusing more on specific positions.
1: That makes sense. Have you tried to do any implementing of futsal at all uh, for your players, just for the growth? Because right now in Wisconsin, futsal has kind of had a, a major explosion. explosion. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, futsal, we, so our, our outdoor season basically goes from August till the end of June. So there isn't much time to squeeze futsal in. Sure. Um, however, I mean, a lot of footwork is, you know, focused at those younger ages. Um, you know, futsal help in the off season, but, our you know, our, our players, our girls are only getting basically three weeks off wow. from playing outdoor. And then we're right back into it. Uh, you know, and the benefits of futsal are obviously a lot of touches on the ball, the technique. Uh, but that's not to say we don't focus on that for, you know, like our younger ages. I'll say. 90% of our training should be technical. So it's, it's the footwork, you know, some of the things that you'll see in futsal. 10%, you know, is playing, playing the matches, helping them guide, minimal tactics. And when I say tactics at the underages, it's, you know, it's giving goes, it's, it's completing passes, it's movement off the ball. Um, so the futsal is a challenge down here for sure. Do I would I like to see it grow? Yeah, I think I think you know from the aspect of the game of you know it's it's small sided, it's more touches on the ball. You're you're more involved in the game. Uh, I think it works.
0: So uh, this is a this is a good launching off point then, Jake. Um, you played with Milwaukee Rampage. You played with the Milwaukee Wave. And again, when I was introducing you, I was talking about how that's when the indoor game was really carrying the game of soccer. You know, I, I will still say without the indoor game, I don't know if soccer would exist at the level it does today. It really carried things through from the collapse of the, of the old NASL to the launch of MLS. Uh, but you also played outdoors with the Milwaukee Rampage of the old A-League. Um, so I'm wondering if you could talk about how you've seen the game evolve since you've played professionally.
2: Yeah, the game's become much quicker. Um, You know, I think that soccer coaches are, you know, taking soccer a bit more seriously. You're seeing a lot more qualified licensed coaches at different clubs. Um, So the technical aspect of the, you know, the American player alone is improving. Um, I think the exposure now of us to watch EPL, Serie A, I mean, you have BN Sports, you have NSMBC, you have you know Fox Sports 1 we have the Fox Soccer Channel where we're getting matches all the time so players are now able to see what the highest level is and starting to emulate players um, and that's something I think you know. At least in my generation, we didn't have that unless you had a big satellite dish,
0: right? Or unless you <laughs> watch back, and, unless you watch a some... VHS tape of 101 Great Goals,
2: right? Right. <laughs> What's you know, that? It was tough. And now we have you know players have idols. I mean, you, it's amazing how many kids are walking down the street. Man, New Jerseys, Real Madrid jerseys, mm-hmm. um, you know, Chelsea jerseys. So the 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 game has definitely picked up in terms of exposure. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why you're seeing our talent now start to peak at a much younger age versus me where I think you know guys were still you know peaking in the pros you know at 25, 26, 27 versus now we're getting players that are peaking at 17 years old, 18 years old, right. which is similar similar to the European style is is developing those players. And now you're working uh,
0: on the next step is you know like you said we've always had great athletes in soccer but now you're trying to develop trying to take it to the next step where you're trying to develop soccer athletes, not just American athletes, but soccer athletes.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, exactly, exactly, soccer athletes. And, you know, you look at teams like um, FC Bayern and things like that, it's amazing what they'll do now scientifically. They'll wear pennies that, ha- that monitors their distance that they're running, where they're running, their their VO2 max, their heart rates, they wear them all training session, they're breaking all that down. Um, so th- they understand that you know, not only do we need the technical ability now, but you know, everyone's becoming stronger and faster just because of the scientific approaches and understanding. You know, the, the demands of the game. If we're going to last all season, we want to keep up the intensity. We we don't want to have injuries, and two, just be more explosive as a team. Um, that's that's, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it around the world. I mean, you watch FC Bayern now; it's it's amazing how quick and fast those guys are.
0: Yeah. And we're talking about the you know the German teams that we watched growing up. They were slow. They were very methodical. And not mm-hmm. to say they're not methodical anymore, but it's at a much quicker pace. Oh, yeah.
2: Right. You know, a lot of – I mean, you go – you know, everyone's got a different style, right? The Germans had a very, very good, you know, possession-style game. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's, you know, it's it's possession to get forward quick. Right. Um, and that's what – you know, I think MLS is actually – it's starting to get there. Um but yeah, even you know, just watching the recent Barcelona matches with their possession, they still get forward pretty quick.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's it's not the the boring possession game anymore. Which is great for soccer. It makes it so much more exciting.
0: Yes, and that is uh, unfortunately we're out of time, but that's a great note to end on. So thanks, Jake, for uh taking some time while you're down there in Florida joining enjoying your ninety six degree weather cooking uh, outside. That
1: way, <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's, it's hot and humid, but it's, it's beautiful, I, I, you know, just coming from Wisconsin and dealing with those winters. I'm not complaining one bit.
0: I'm sure you're not. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, great talking to you. Thanks for joining us today.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. No problem. Thanks, Jake. Talk, Have a good one.
0: Talk to you soon. Take care.
1: What a nice fellow. The Proven Gentleman, respected around the soccer world. You must be so proud.
0: Oh man, I'm very proud of my whole family. You know, I'm the I'm the only one who uh, gave it up voluntarily in college because I wanted to focus elsewhere uh, on my studies. Um, My sister unfortunately had to leave the game because of a. Um, compartment syndrome. Um, mm. My brother Josh was playing professionally. He was actually captain of the Milwaukee Rampage when he retired, so he got to leave on his own volition. That's good. Uh, my brother Steve mm. had some knee problems, so he uh, he had to leave the game. And uh, you know, Jake also wanted to go other areas of his life as well. So yeah, I'm I'm very proud of, of oh, the work good. my you brothers have done, and of course my parents for supporting all of that. Yeah, you know, it's right? pretty it's awesome. Go
1: back to mom and dad at the end of the day for. Keeping you guys in soccer, especially for when you guys were growing up, soccer wasn't that popular. No,
0: especially in the suburb where you were in, Baxter. I mean, Cudahy, Wisconsin, is, and it still is, and not a problem with this, but it is, it is all about American football. Mm-hmm. You know, so for a family of five kids to be playing soccer in Cudahy? what? Uh, unheard of. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Holy especially Christ. in that time and age. Yeah. You know? yeah,
1: but it's glad it's it's amazing to see just how far the game has come, in, even just in the last twenty or thirty years. So. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's huge. All right, well, Simon, it is time for our fifty fifty segment, brought to you by the Wisconsin sports group. Uh, we got a fun topic to chat about this week we a, do a continued rumor that always circles around MLS. And uh, I will let you introduce it this week since you get to go first.
0: Since, week. yeah, we're talking about rumors again that Drogba has said he will come to MLS after mm. his contract is up with Chelsea. I think we hear this every two or three years.
1: Yeah, I, it's about that time again. I,
0: can I just say I, I get tired of these players using it as a negotiating tool? Because ultimately that's what a lot of them end up doing. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest rumor that came out this uh, this week, just a couple of days ago, Tevez may be coming over to MLS mm-hmm. after his contract is up in Turin. So, so that's what the 50-50 is about. Is it good to have these two guys come over, or is it not good to have them come over? Mm-hmm. So 50-50, we each get 45 seconds, basically 90 seconds in total, like a soccer game would be 90 minutes, we each get a half, and uh, you get to decide who wins this argument. Yes,
1: indeed. All right, uh, I believe you went first last week uh, with the whole uh, Mexican Eric Torres That's, that's right. so yes. I believe I will get to lead off first All this week. So, And here we go. <clears throat> Whistle's blowing. Alright, I honestly believe that this would be a good thing for the league because regardless of their age, I know both of them are in their late 30s. They're still at a higher level than, I'd say, probably 60 to 70% of the players in the league. I know that number continues to fluctuate and drop, but Carlos Tevez, arguably one of the best forwards in the world, Didier Drogba, one of the best to ever play the international game, having both of them being able to come to MLS, being able to mentor young up-and-coming forwards would be absolutely huge for the league, and it would also give defenders in MLS a chance to be able to experience what it's like to play against world-class defenders, because a lot of guys will not get chances to go to the U.S. men's national team or their respective national teams and won't get to get that feel of what it's like to play against high quality world cup veteran stars and done with a couple of seconds to spare
0: all right you know what let's just jump right into mine Sounds good. and then we'll talk about it ready a little bit. go I don't think this ultimately would be good for the league. And actually, I'm going to surprise people. I I am sick of the league being looked at as a retirement league. But you see young guys coming over. Ali Galaxy just got a young guy from West Ham who is an American. Mm -hmm. You see Kevin Doyle coming over from Wolverhampton. You know, not an old guy. Uh, Drogba is 38. Tevez is actually only 31. So by the time you come over here, 32, 33. I say I'd like to have Drogba because he is a bit more of a name for the general public. Tevez, however, even though he's younger, I can't stand his attitude. Mm. He's gotten better. He's gotten better, but when he was at Man City, that, that guy was nothing but a whiner, and I got sick of watching that. MLS doesn't need a player like that. Drogba, however, yes, I agree with you that he could, he could teach these young guys how to go about the game.
1: Time is up. All right. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, th- I, mean- I
0: think Tevez is just too selfish of a player when it gets down to it. I don't, I don't think he'd come over here... Expecting to help the league like other players yes. have, and not that they should have to do that, but I just I see him being as somebody who just wants the light shined on him, ah. and that's
1: it. And that's the nice thing about new players that have come out. Hopefully, Kevin Doyle won't be like that. Giovinco has not really proven to be like that not at all. But we'll find out once Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard show up in just a few short months. British invasion, it's coming. British
0: invasion, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. Like I've always talked about, you know, that mid season acquisition. It's always interesting to see these guys have to adjust to MLS. We even saw that with Clint Dempsey having yeah. to adjust back Struggling. to MLS. Yes, yeah. indeed.
1: All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Our new power rankings, that the Canadian Championship, and the MLS Week in Review. This is Two Upfront, presented by Sports Radio America. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Two Up Front. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. We are presented by Sports Radio America. We've had a lot of fun so far. We had your brother, Simon, Mr. Yeah. Jake Provan, on in the first segment. A little bit of our hometown spotlight, as it were. As he was talking about his strength and developments uh, for the West Florida Flames. Is that correct? Is that, yes, West Florida Flames down in Tampa, Florida. Uh, a lot of exciting and insightful information from him. And, uh... Somebody that I think the soccer community in Florida, someone who's played in the soccer community in Florida for a while, was very. I definitely would have loved having that kind of emphasis and help growing up, especially in the high school years. You know what I loved hearing about
0: that, and I, I honestly didn't know everything that he was doing. But to hear him, you know, you hear you hear people talk about well, we got to do stuff like they do in Europe. He's actually doing it, and that's exciting. <laughs> You know, he's, he's looking at these top leagues saying, all right, how do these players get to be what they are? And he's bringing that mm-hmm. into the – so it's – And it
1: seems to be relatively well-received, yeah, which is absolutely. always the big thing when you come to the MLS or come to, you know, America and say, all right, I want to implement what the Europeans are doing. And people are like, oh, yeah, on paper that sounds great, but as soon as you try to do it, so many people are like, no, no, we don't want to do that. Or,
0: or then they go out and, and look for a person who has a foreign accent. Yes. You know, I give that club a lot of credit that they took this guy, they saw his philosophy – and they said, who cares if he's American? He's, he knows what he's doing. Exactly. Let's bring him in here. Let's bring
1: That was in Major League Soccer, uh, before we get to our new power rankings. Uh, Friday's games, we saw uh, both of them were draws, unfortunately, but they were still interesting games. Uh, Orlando City F- uh, SC scoring a goal in stoppage time to stint my New England Revolutions hopes at another win. Uh, that game goes 2-2. Two to two. I wasn't completely thrilled by the Revolution offense in this game. They did score two goals, but at the same time, letting in a late goal like that defensively, Bobby Shuttleworth was not in a good position defensively. Aurelio Collin should not have been as open as he was in the middle of the field.
0: No, but you've got to feel for Orlando a little bit. I mean, they had how many weeks where they lost a the game in mm-hmm. that final 30 seconds? So for them to come back and get a draw on that... It's it's good for them.
1: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And then looking at the other Friday night game, the Colorado Rapids and San Jose Earthquakes. I think we both took the Earthquakes to win that game. No, I I called
0: a did draw. You, did you call a draw? I did. Oh my gosh! Of course you. <laughs> that did. That pulled me even with you in our predictions oh gosh,
1: record. Of course you did. Why why am I not surprised? I'm really not surprised anymore. San Jose though and Colorado tying each other. Colorado still would be in the fifth seed. In the uh, Eastern Conference, or have <laughs> they jumped up now? Would they be the fourth seed now? Let's see. The
0: Colorado Rapids—they have be ten, 10 points. points. They
1: would be the fifth seed. They'd be the fifth seed. That's just yeah. So sweet. there you go. That's and they're just to clarify, their last place, bottom in the West, literally the worst team in the West Conference. Oh my God,
0: it's pretty scary that Toronto FC would still make the playoffs at this point because it certainly yeah. doesn't seem like that they that and they Chicago would and Chicago Fire, yeah. And, but well, again, you Orlando look at who's was on the outside. Look who's too. under them: mm-hmm. Orlando City, New York City. Philadelphia uh,
1: and Montreal. Yes, not not good at all. Speaking of the Chicago Fire, they had an opportunity to move up the table, uh, and they lost 2-1 to one to Real Salt Lake. A great, great sh- showing by Nick Romano, As we always know, he's capable of just going lights out in the goal. I mean, yes, he did allow one goal, but still, Nick Romano just an absolute amazing player. I really do hope that we see him see a lot of post professional accolades like the Hall of Fame. I think he's earned it.
0: He's earned it, but you know what he's never received? What's that? Goalkeeper
1: of the year. That is so surprising. Isn't that shocking? I am very surprised in all honesty. But you look at this game, though. I mean, the Chicago Fire, they're coming off of a 1-0 loss to Sporting Kansas City last week. You thought maybe this would be the week, especially with the Revolution beating up on RSL the week before. Playing at home. Playing at home. The Fire playing at home this week. Everything was lined up for this to actually work out well. And then we see Nick Romando step in and make just a huge game. Like he had a really good game.
0: And we see Lorenowitz, The only goal for the Fire is off of a PK, and that was in the 80th minute. So you can take that for what it's worth, right? But it's amazing. We keep talking about how the Fire just can't find the goal. All of a sudden, they've got 14 shots on goal this game, three of them on target, but none of the well, one of them being. (laughs) Yeah. A PK.
1: Which is such a, and that's it, a whole nother topic. And then you look
0: at RSL, they only have five shots on goal, two of those on target,
1: and they both go in. They made the most of it. That's what you need to do. That is it. Uh, speaking of uh, people that put shots on target, Portland Timbers put in two goals against Montreal, so I'm sure you're happy about that, Simon. Static Called it. Uh, talked about how Valeri's back. I think that's going to
0: have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? First game beautiful back, goal. beautiful goal. Right foot, just wraps it around. That is what right to the far side. Yes. Yeah. So I've got high hopes. Then again. It's against the impact, so we shall see. Take it for what it's worth.
1: Um, But in the Western Conference, points are are key. So those three points will be huge for the Timbers. Uh, Looking at the D.C. United-Sporting Kansas City game, those teams tied 1-1. I think both Simon and I were hoping for a little bit more of a clear victory because we are on the fence of Sporting Kansas City. We feel like they're a good team, but at the same time, they're just missing that one like big win against a big team, right? And You'll, this would have been this, the platform to do it.
0: This would have been, you know, they're they're playing away, so it's still a, it's still a nice away draw against sure. a, a very a good team that you can still continue to argue with me if you want. But they still haven't lost. In, no, they're I mean they're doing all right. They're doing all right. Um, so yeah, this would have been the game. And I will say, you know, we keep talking about the East versus the West. You'll see in our power rankings, we've got three teams in there from the East, and obviously D.C. is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Sporting Kansas City, who they're one of the lower teams in the West— but still, they come into DC and they grab a draw,
1: which is absolutely huge. And I think it's going to be very good. They're going to look back at that game in the remainder of the season and say, "You know what? We were able to go and do that. You know that one-one draw with DC." And I hopefully they'll be able to get, garner some more momentum from that.
0: And you know, you got to give credit to Dom Dwyer. He finally scores another goal, and it's a it's a big goal. You know, mm-hmm. it, it brings that draw in DC.
1: Absolutely. All right. Looking at the game, the only game this week, Simon, that did not see both teams score a goal. Who else? But the Vancouver Whitecaps and the Philadelphia Union. What a thrashing
0: Vancouver it was late. 3-0. I mean, talk about going into the Lions' den. But you know what? When you play bad teams, you can very easily fall into that trap of playing to their level. Yeah, Vancouver exactly. said, nope, we're using this game to get ourselves back on and track. And they needed
1: it. And they absolutely went crazy. So good for them to be able to grab that win. Now, Simon, arguably there were two or three, two and a half games this week that were you know game of the week right, nominations. Right. Looking, though, the Columbus crew and Seattle Sounders. Columbus is up 3-1 in the game. Seattle comes back, makes it 3-2, but how huge is this for Columbus to defeat a full-strength Seattle Sounders team? That's,
0: that's big time. You know, we talked about last week how we're not up, as up on Seattle as other websites are, especially mlssoccer.com. <laughs> um, this game... Reminded me of the Denny Green comment that he said against the Bears way back one when he was coaching Mm -hmm. the Vikings. They are who we thought they were. Give them the crown if you want, but they are who we thought they were. That's how Baxter and I feel about Seattle. And I promise you, it's not just because I'm a Portland fan. No. We have not been sold on the Seattle team like others have. I mean, Columbus had 25 shots. In this game, how and did yeah, that even happen? Seattle had 12, which is usually a lot, but sure. yeah, how do you allow a team 25 shots,
1: 13 of, 13 of them on target? Yeah, Stefan Fry had 10 saves in this game, so I mean, from his aspect, he was a very busy man. But the man, the myth, the legend, Kai Kamara, scoring twice in this game. Scoring team. twice. Clint uh, Dempsey did did also score two times, but at the same time, I feel like his performance is outshadowed because of how well Kamara and the crew played.
0: Yeah, I mean it's you know I, I I'm starting to wonder about Fry a little bit. Yeah, he had ten saves, but it's also tough again when you're getting 13 shots
1: when your yeah. defense
0: is allowing 13 shots on goal. It is.
1: You only can do so much as a goalie. You need your defense to be able to step up. Uh, speaking of which, the FC Dallas defense was able to step up as they defeated the LA Galaxy two to one. Uh, another game, Simon, where we were both kind of on the fence. We're like, you know what? Maybe FC Dallas will finally get back to their normal ways. Oh, maybe the Galaxy will get back to their normal ways. And sure enough, FC Dallas. FC
0: Dallas. You know they're boy, they're a strong team, and we'll talk about this a little later. I, I think that they 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 definitely have found their footing again. Yes. You know it's they're at home. Home is becoming a fortress for them. Granted, I think they got beat. Was that the four nothing game that they? got I think beat? that was where they got. Yeah. yeah. But but still, they they seem to be making a fortress. Out at uh, Toyota Stadium or whatever. Whichever Toyota one that that one is called.
1: I will say this, though, too. If FC Dallas and Vancouver start to continue to... Well, start to continue. That makes sense. If they (laughs) continue to find their rhythm now and get back to their winning ways, it's not going to be fun for the remainder of the Western Conference.
0: No, it won't. I mean, they're... They're, in our book, they're the top team right now in the Western Conference with the way they're playing.
1: Yes, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, you can't argue too much against the fact that, I mean, yes, Vancouver might be working their way back up our power rankings, but at the same time, if Vancouver and FC Dallas continue to light the fire under opponents' butts, as it were, uh, they're going to continue to shoot up and be impossible to stop.
0: You know, what we did see is when they didn't have Perez, they... They had a drop, so that's going to be one of their key things is keeping him healthy, obviously having Castillo in there. Perez did get a goal this game in the 77th minute, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, L.A. had this game all the way up until then. Yeah. It wasn't until the 77th minute where FC Dallas put those two goals in there. But as I've talked about, as I've argued with with you, it doesn't matter when you score the goals,
1: you score them. Exactly. Team that's that what matters. the Most goals wins the game, as it were. Oh, that's right. I, I
0: know. Forgot about I know. that. And you're aspect. the one that
1: always picks draws. So maybe this week you'll <laughs> pick straight wins. This week, I don't know. Uh, and then looking at the final two games that happened on Sunday, uh, Houston Dynamo going two-one against Toronto FC. We thought Toronto FC might be real, but at the same time, when you lose to Houston two to one, it's it's hard to really get a full gauge on them.
0: Not only do you lose two to one, you lose on the day in which you basically have a re grand opening of your yes. stadium.
1: That's the biggest buzzkill there is. If they if they would have gotten shut out, that would have been worse. I feel like.
0: I well yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, but nevertheless, Houston, I have to say, looked great this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were all over the place, and Toronto. You know they didn't look completely horrible but um
1: they were they were not the team we were expecting <laughs> no certainly not and you you talked to you know with players before the game you would hear michael bradley saying like this new stadium looks absolutely beautiful we're excited we're going to do our best to defend our homeland as it were right and sure enough houston still goes in and causes a ruckus and spoils the party yeah, I mean, what, that's, maybe that's what Houston will end up being is, is the, uh, the, the party spoilers. Stinkin but stinking dancing bear, Will <laughs> Bruin. I, I said goal. this like two weeks ago. I was like, he's not a good forward. What has he done? I think he's scored twice in the last two games. Yeah, he
0: sure has. I mean, you know, the possession-wise, it was almost 50-50 again. Shots, TFC had more shots, but uh, Houston w- was making those shots count. You know, they, they still had five shots on target versus TFC's four and they put two of those in again. That's what matters. Yes,
1: indeed. All right, well, the last game uh that was going on was the the Hudson Derby as it were, the New York Red Bulls and NYCFC. Uh I we we I will let you. Know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> what would you like to say?" We, we were Can
0: nervous we... that this was going to be a uh slow, boring game yes. because of all the hype. For once, a game lived up to all the hype. I got to say, that was, that was not the prettiest, not the best soccer that we've no. seen, but that was an exciting game. I, I give big thumbs up to the fan base of the Red Bulls. Hey, NYCFC also brought 1,200 fans out to, uh, to uh, Red Bull Arena there in Harrison, New Jersey, so mm-hmm. give credit to them. But, man, I absolutely love the TIFO that the Red Bulls played so before good. the game. They had the dopey in his blue that said 20 years late and a stadium short. Mm-hmm. Man City light. I was like, yep, that's exactly how I feel about this new New York franchise. Uh, but Bradley Wright Phillips, man, he is still the monster that he was last year. He's getting fed good balls, um, so he still has that. But everybody, including myself, thought, well, Henri's gone. He's... He's not going to be as but good he as he But he learned
1: from Henri, which is the he thing. He sure did, and he has continued to prove that with two goals in this game. I mean, I'm also and as a small caveat, I'm happy that Patrick Mullins scored a goal too. I mean, I'm really hoping and it was a nice goal too. It was, yeah. I'm hoping that he continues to, you know, further his success in the league. I've always been a Patrick Mullins fan, and a little bit of the revolution got rid of him, but whatever.
0: And I'll, I'll tell you what, um, there's an unsung hero on this Red Bulls team, and that's Lloyd Sam. Yes. To me, he actually was the player of the week. He didn't, okay. he didn't score any goals, but the way he played that game, the way he hustled, that first goal that the Red Bulls scored, you know, Sam got all the way to the end line. Mm-hmm. He did not stop because he thought that ball went out of bounds. He kept playing it, got it right to Bradley Wright Phillips' feet. I mean, this was in the fourth minute of the game. Bradley Wright Phillips puts it in. Um, he wasn't... And then he was he's given that second assist on the second goal. But, man, he was all over the place that entire game until he was taken out. So Lloyd Sam, for me, was really uh, one of my players of the week this, this week.
1: I would, yeah, I mean, you have to commend his his work. I mean, I think it's funny that MLS has kind of gone to a hockey assist system where the last two guys that touch the ball get the credit for the assist. But uh, my player of the week has to be Kai Kamara, honestly. I mean, you look at the man. He scored two goals this week. Sure. He has seven total on the season. Uh, He started all nine games for Columbus this year. I mean, there's not much you can really say negatively about him. He leads MLS in shots right now with 21. Uh, I mean, he's only got one yellow card. He's got two assists. Mm -hmm. I think he is the driving force that will lead Columbus pretty darn far, I think, this season, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that at all. I... Maybe it's because I played a lot of midfield myself that I'm always looking at those unsung heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to shine a light where a light is not going to be shined upon. Of course. Somebody like Lloyd Sam, who's who's not going to show up on these uh, stats leaders, and that's not to take away from no. what Kamara's done. Before the show, we were talking about how we both think if the season were to end today, Kamara deserves that MVP award. He does. But, you know, hes it's, it does come down, unfortunately, to a bit of a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. We know he wouldn't win. Yes. Um, but for me, Lloyd Sam is one of those players that when you really watch the game, you see how well he understands the game mm-hmm. and what he means to that team. And you take him out. Yeah, they still performed well, but they were changing formation. They were changing tactics. But when he's in there... He, for
1: me, is the heart of the New York Red Bulls. I would have to agree with that. I mean, he does all the hard work. Don't forget about Dax McCarty, though, in the midfield. He is a big, big clog in that midfield, That especially like that center defensive mid position. He is just a nuisance. Kind of reminds me of Michael Bradley at times when Bradley decides to actually play what he's supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I agree. You know, I, was, I didn't know how I was going to be in uh, the Red Bulls camp this year with Mike Pecky getting fired just mm-hmm. mysteriously and Jesse Marsh coming in. They've all bought into Marsha's system, and, you know, Question, McCarthy, uh, McCarty, sorry, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, all of these guys have totally bought into this uh, Robles and Goal. Mm-hmm. The Red Bulls are, man, they're a very, very strong team.
1: I agree, and hopefully they will continue to shoot up uh, this season in terms of the standings but also our power rankings, which we'll get to in a minute. You wanted to go back and look at the Canadian Championship Games. Uh, Take a look at what happened and review for us that uh, may not have been following, a.k.a. myself. Sure. (laughs) So there's four teams in the Canadian Championship, and whichever team wins this
0: goes to the CONCACAF Champions League. And then I also believe the best Canadian team in MLS also goes. So you've got a 50% chance Mm -hmm. if you're an MLS team of making... The uh, Here Canadian MLS team. Yes, Canadian MLS team making the, uh, making the CONCACAF Champions League. That said, we <laughs> talked about before this how FC Edmonton, I know you didn't know much about them. No? but I, I don't know much about them, but every time I go back uh, and look at some of the stats from how they're playing in NASL and how they played in this tournament last year, I talked about how they take this tournament very seriously. Mm-hmm. This is their moment to shine. They ended up tying Vancouver in Vancouver 1-1. Mm. What's a little disturbing to me is Kyle Robinson of the Vancouver Whitecaps said the, the game played out exactly like I wanted it to.
1: Wait,
0: what? You, you, you wanted to draw against a second-division club at your home stadium? That makes I, no sense. I <laughs> mean, he's doing great in MLS, but that comment itself just – I don't – I'm uh- – and he started nine of 11 starters. So it's not like it was a game in which he put a bunch of second string no. players out there. Then that comment would make sense to me. Yeah. And I understand, again, he's got to balance things with the MLS season and now the Canadian Championship. Why would you but say still, something like that? They still got to go to Edmonton now. Oh, jeez. You know, they lose. they that. lose, they're done. Yeah, and if they, if they, right, and Edmonton has that advantage right mm-hmm. now with that away goal. Then there's Toronto FC in Montreal. <laughs> I'm calling Montreal the kings of the away goals. Mm hmm. They end up losing last night to Toronto FC three to two, which we both predicted. Yes. But they end up winning their semifinal series three to three on aggregate because of those two away Woo! goals that they got. So Montreal is all in. Of course we see them come back and the a few or not come back, but a few days before that lose an MLS. So you know, I talked about they're going to prioritize MLS now. I forgot that the Canadian Championship starts That's right away. That's way more important. Way more <laughs> so, important. I, I don't know. Maybe Montreal becomes the team that just always goes for the CONCACAF Champions Why League.
1: not? Who needs MLS? Let's just rather go for the international titles. That'd be way better. Right.
0: So next Wednesday, we see who uh, who takes care of business in, uh, in Edmonton, whether it be Edmonton or Vancouver. And of course, whoever wins that game will be playing against Montreal in the final.
1: <laughs> what if FC Edmonton goes? That'd be funny. It'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? It would, a second tier team. Yeah, Good for them. All right, Simon. Well, it is time to reveal our new power rankings. Uh, A little bit of shifting. Only one team in our power rankings has a massive drop. Other than that, everybody kind of scoots up and down maybe one or two spots. Uh, we will start on the outside. Looking in, though, uh, your beloved Portland Timbers are just on the absolute cusp, getting ready to jump in, but are not quite there. So they're, if we had a number 11, they would be our 11th team.
0: Yeah, you could say they, they could maybe be tied with L.A. Galaxy, but the Galaxy is just in a free fall right now. I think we see Valeri come back. You see what he brings to the Portland Timbers. They're, if they can keep winning... They'll be up there, obviously. Well, that's a really stupid statement, isn't it? Obviously, if they're winning, they'll make it in there. But you know what I'm saying. They've, they've makes been draw after draw after draw.
1: That makes sense in your head, Simon. Yeah, as long as you. they keep winning, Thanks. they have a good chance of winning games. <laughs> I <laughs>
0: So I'll let you introduce number 10. Okay, thank you. I
1: feel I feel like that just is becoming the thing now. I will always introduce this team. Uh, number 10 dropping 6 spots. The biggest drop in our power rankings is the Seattle Sounders. Now, some of you are saying, "Well, why is that? They won, you know, they or they they lost, I'm sorry, to Columbus Crew, but they've been winning games up to that point." Well, when they go in and actually play a high-quality opponent, look what happened. They ended up they were down 3 to 1. And then came back.
0: Right. And, and the other part of that is, again, we go back to that game with Portland. Yes. It was not like they exploded on that game. Uh, the week after, they, they had a good game. But the biggest reason there was that drop is we we kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt last week. Yes. But even we were saying then, we don't know if they should be this high in the power rankings. We think others are seeing a team that we're just not seeing. And before the week started, we called it and we said the Seattle-Columbus
1: game will say a lot about who the Seattle team is. There's no arguing about that. I mean, think about it for a second. Seattle has beaten some pretty not-so-good teams. Now, it's funny because looking at MLS's power rankings, Seattle is now number two. Well, I'm sure that cost them you know, a lot of heartache to drop them down one spot. But at the same time, if it's not a team, apparently has no reason to exist. Uh, But look at it. Last five games for the Sounders, loss, win, 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 loss. Okay, makes sense. Their next coming game this week will be against Vancouver. We'll see if that ends up panning out for them. Look at the number one team for them. They've got the Red Bulls, win, draw, draw, lose, win. Now you can make an argument on that in terms of whether or not they should be in that number one Mm -hmm, spot for mm -hmm. MLS, but... Even still, Seattle—they are number ten. They've had some good runs the last few weeks, but losing three-two to a Columbus team, I—I I, they're not. No, Columbus, you well definitely deserve that victory.
0: Right, and you look at the teams that Seattle has beaten when they had their three-game winning streak. Yes. Okay, so they beat Colorado three-to-one.
1: Such a good win.
0: They beat Portland at home. We've talked about that game until it's dead.
1: So yeah.
0: And then the other team they beat is New York City FC, who's, oh, wow. who's horrendous. What so a great team. It's not like these are wins. Like you were saying, it's not like these are wins over D.C. United. It's no. not wins over the Revolution or FC, FC Dallas, Dallas or anybody. Had they or beaten
1: Columbus, Columbus Crew. Had they beaten Columbus, I would have been far more, you know, okay with them being higher in our rankings, but they're not, uh, rightfully so. Right. Um, now, moving on to number nine. Uh, Real Salt Lake is our number nine. Yeah, they keep hopping in and out of our. They do. Power they they can because they can't seem to fully understand what they want. Right. Because we see them get blown out one week against the Revolution, and then we see them come back and get a two-one victory. But they haven't had a bad last stretch of games, though, have they? Simon? No,
0: they've had two draws and a win, and their their win again was away. At Chicago Fire, we both thought this was going to be a draw, a very low-scoring affair. Not that it was a high-scoring
1: affair, but it was, it was a good game. Yes, um, technically they, had, they played two games last week. They drew LA Galaxy 0-0, zero right. zero, and then they won 2-1. So in that regards, getting four out of the six possible points, not too bad. And
0: we'll see the same philosophy
1: applied to our number one when we get there. Yes, yes, indeed. Moving up the list to number, no, uh, number eight, we were just speaking about them, the Vancouver Whitecaps. If I'm honestly concerned if they catch fire like they're alluding to. I know they only beat Philly 3-0, to but even still, I'm, I'm a little scared in all honesty. If I was a Western Conference fan and Vancouver starts to pick up some fire here. Sure. I mean, they've got two wins in the last four games. One of those
0: was against Real Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, and again, we're not quite sure who Real Salt Lake is. They had a loss against D.C. United, but who hasn't lost to D.C. recently? Yeah. Uh, Then then they had a draw as well in there, and of course, then they have their 3-0 win. So, yes, you're playing Philadelphia, but... They destroyed
1: Still, them. 3-0, though. If it had been a 1-0 game, it would have been like, okay, they don't even deserve to move right. from I think they were in ten <laughs> 10th, yeah. spot last week. Now, looking at who they play this week, they do play the Seattle Sounders this week. So this Ooh. would go back to that argument we were making about just how good is Seattle. Cascadia Cup, big excitement. You know, I know a lot of Cascadia fans will be thrilled about this game. But this is a, a true test for both Vancouver and Seattle to see just how good they are. So, uh, moving up from there, number seven on our list, up two spots. You keep thinking and believing about them. <laughs> I'm not opposed to them, but I just want to see more. I, well, I
0: agree with you. It's, it's not so much that I believe that they're a great team. I just don't think they're as bad as people are making them out to be. I suppose. Um, you know, they, they were in our rankings already. They drew with Colorado, and that was a way. Yes. Um, who hasn't drawn with Colorado? Just Revolution like was not lost heaven.
1: to D.C. <laughs> just saying. But All right, any, okay. Yeah, okay, you're speaking right, right. about who, Simon. The San Jose Earthquakes, yes. San, Jose San Jose Earthquakes, earthquakes, earthquakes yes. yes. Um, I, I think that people really do like them, though. I mean, what's not to like? Dominic Kinnear has come in and done a great job for the organization. Chris Wondolowski, I think, has done an okay job. Not lights out, but he's doing an okay job for you the know, team. You
0: know, Innocent, we thought he'd be doing a lot more this season. He I've had a great a first, first week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? They. It's not like they've gotten worse. No. It's not like they've improved, so they still move up. Two places? Why would that be? Well, because there's been a few teams that fell out. So really, they're not moving up because they played lights out soccer. No, we're just not going to punish them for having a draw.
1: Yes. No. I mean, they they lo- they drew the last two games. They drew. Oh, I'm sorry. They beat Houston one zero because they played two games last mm-hmm. week. They beat Houston 1-0, and then they drew Colorado one one. So again, four points. Yeah, yeah. not terrible. Uh, number six, Simon, uh, the former East now West team. Not the Houston Dynamo, no, no, no. Uh, the sporting of Kansas City, uh, SKC, Dom Dwyer, all those lovely gentlemen Graham Zusi, who in my opinion has not had a good season so far. Yeah, little, I, and I Matt Beesler as well a little, little upset about those guys. but anyway, still, this is,
0: well, this is another team too where we' just we're still we don't think they've truly found their identity. look
1: at their last five games though, draw, lose, draw, win, draw.
0: And that last draw, again, was in D.C., yes. so 1-1. So
1: you can give a little bit of credit to them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you carry those that many talented players, their midfield is very, very talented. Benny Fellhopper, Pablo Nagamora, you've got Graham Zusi, You've got all kinds of players that can cause issues, but they're not putting it all together.
0: No, they're not. And that's the thing is there is the potential there for them To put it together and if they do they're kind of they're kind of my vancouver is look out
1: yes and i think that's why in the east i'm glad they're not in the east anymore is because when sporting kansas city catches fire you don't want to be in their way that's right so i think that's why the western conference playoffs are going to be far more entertaining this season than the east will be which is true within itself number five they go and get a huge victory against the sounders Columbus crew are now our new number five. I, if there's anything, I'd maybe make a small argument to bump them up a little bit, but the four teams in front of them also aren't doing too terribly That's either.
0: the tough thing, one through five in these power rankings. It's always a little bit difficult for us, so we go back, we think about alright, well we had this team here they went and won. Mm-hmm. Can you really drop them? Yeah, probably not. You can make arguments Unless for they why you Philly. might. I mean. yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> that doesn't really count anymore. Not really. No, it's just a forfeit. <laughs> but yeah, the crew. I mean, they're the lights out game against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Three to two is being the uh, the final score. But again, you look at their record. They've got one loss out of their last five games. A draw, a win, a win, a loss, and a draw.
1: Yes. I mean, and, and they're playing. You- they're
0: playing San Jose at San Jose on Saturday, so that'll be a good test
1: for them as well. I think so, especially on the road. I mean, for Columbus, I think that's a true test of a team when they're winning games. It's like, okay, go on the road, especially on a West Coast game, and show us how good you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving up the list, number four on our list now is FC Dallas.
0: Yeah, we've talked about maybe they should be a little bit higher because they do play in the West, so they have a tougher schedule, and they're playing lights-out soccer right now. But we're still looking at those three teams above, which we'll get to who are all on uh, very good streaks right now. So, you know, you look at the standings. The West is just so powerful. We already oh, yeah. talked about this a little bit. Um, so maybe, again, we, we, we need to reevaluate this as the season goes on. Maybe we give more strength to these teams in the West that have these great records. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they they do have a possible early v, uh, MVP candidate in Castillo or Perez. <laughs> Both. So this is, this is a stacked team that is playing great, and we have them at number
1: four. They do, and they have a true test this week as they play the Red Bulls. So we'll see. We'll have to keep an eye on that, and we'll get to that our predictions in our another, next segment. Another good week of soccer. Oh, yeah. Love that. All right. Uh, number three for us, my New England Revolution, are down uh, two spots. Uh, two spots? One spot. One spot. One spot. One yes, spot. One I don't spot. know how to do math. Three minus two is five i'm glad you're calling yourself out. This thank show. you yeah not like last week where i was like simon what are you doing I'm like sorry i didn't mean to make you look weird on the air anyway yes the revolution are down uh one spot they are on the third after their uh 2-2 draw with orlando city uh their last five games simon draw three wins in a draw not too bad but i mean the offense is starting to click juan Agadalo, charlie davies kellen rowe lee win i don't know where he is still waiting for him to come find himself again but well, tre- he's sitting out right now Oh, yeah. He's
0: sitting out for a bigger contract.
1: Which is stupid.
0: You know, I have to. I know a lot of people don't care for Alexi Lalas too much, but I have to give him credit. I was listening to his comments on this. And he talked about how last season they ripped up Wynn's contract and Mm -hmm. gave him a bigger one. So he got paid for that already. And now he's sitting out again because he put up 18 goals last season. You haven't been doing it yet. You can't just come in and say, you know what, I know you guys paid me more last year, but now I want even more. No. He, you,
1: you have z- he has zero grounds to argue for that.
0: There's a point where you have to commit to the club.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And, and he's not right now. No, and I'm a little disappointed with that, especially that he was an MVP candidate last year, and now we see him acting like a child. Come on, Lee. Get it together. And yet, and yet, here's the thing working against him. Yes. I mean, the
0: Revs. yeah, they didn't lose in the last five games. They haven't lost in the last eight games. Yeah.
1: And it's because of their midfield. He's almost becoming not needed. Which right. is even inter- more interesting. Right. You know, you see young players like Scotty Caldwell, who's continued to emerge. Chris Tierney spent a little time in the midfield. Rowe Rowan, an exciting prospect. Jermaine Jones. They've got some guys that can make goals happen without Lee Wynn on the field. That's right. So, I don't know. Don't think he's doing himself any justice. I don't think so. Lee, get it together. Get your butt back out there. Anyway, uh, our new, uh, our number two, uh, they are up one spot. They were three last week. The, uh... New York Red Bulls, after their 2-1 defeat in the Hudson Derby, uh 2-1 win over NYCFC. Uh, they've had an interesting run of their last five games, Simon, haven't they?
0: They have. Just one loss in their last, uh, well, any loss on the season. Yeah. Just one loss on the season. I to think. the who?
1: To who, who beat them, Simon?
0: Uh, <laughs> was that the New England Revolution? Yeah,
1: oh, okay. that's who it was. The New England Revolution. Oh, that's right,
0: because New England played them after...
1: Oh, they had, that's uh, what it, right! It was their okay. third game in eight days. That's, that's right. What it that's is. right. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, makes so much more sense now. Anyway, so. and
0: and who did uh, New England draw against this last uh, week? One of the worst expansion <laughs> teams <laughs> in the game.
1: Ah. Uh. Darn it Orlando. (laughs) Darn it Aurelian Collins. Well, that's the reason
0: that's the reason New York goes to number two and the revs fall to three. You can't Um, draw. You can't draw against Orlando. Especially when the team that we're debating here, the New York Red Bulls, they beat Yes, they beat an expansion club, New York City FC. But there's that emotion that's part of that game that they gotta fight through. And they played one man down. For near well, for more than an hour, if you if you add in stoppage time, and they still came out ahead as victors in that game, which is Th- huge. That's why they moved to number two, and the revs dropped to number three. Yes,
1: indeed. All right, and then our new well, no, our, our, they've stayed. They have, they have stayed. They our have. number one this week, uh, as they were last week, is DC United, which is ironic because they are number five in MLS soccer. And they dropped rankings.
0: four spots. They dropped They dropped four spots, which is mind-boggling to me. They, they. it's not like the draw that they had midweek was against a horrible team. No. It was sporting Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And then, they, yes, they beat Orlando, who's played a short game or a couple of games in a few short days, but D.C. was on that same schedule. So I say D.C. United got four points out of a possible six. They're ranked number one. They were ranked number one on MLSsoccer.com. Not that we have to keep comparing ourselves to that. Um, we're better. But... <laughs> But you can't drop a team when they have a strong weekend like that on on short days. Yes.
1: No, I I absolutely agree. All right, so our new power rankings for you are at number 10, the Seattle Sounders. Number 9, Real Salt Lake. Number 8, Vancouver. Number 7, San Jose. Number 6, Sporting Kansas City. Number 5, Columbus Crew. Number 4, FC Dallas. Number 3, New England Revolution. Number two, New York Red Bulls, and your second straight, number one, is DC United. Let us know what you think about our power rankings on Twitter at 2 Upfront Soccer or on Facebook at 2UpFront. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have last week's prediction winner for you. A new champion has been crowned, Simon, and we will offer our, whis- our predictions this week. You're going to offer whiskey? Yes, I'm offering whiskey. It's been a long week. Finals week is in the books. Get me a drink. <laughs> We're going to a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to 2 Upfront, presented by Sports Radio America. No, I am not giving away whiskey, Simon. Oh, my gosh. I was so excited about it. I really, you know, honestly. I'm of age, so I can uh, be So am I. That. I'm, oh, that's 20, right, I'm that's 23. You right. just look so young. Oh, thank you. It's my youthful figure. It's my sleek Italian skin that allows me to look so youthful. It's the olive oil that runs through my veins. <laughs> Anyway, oh, um, you have some exciting news for us, Simon. You have last week's MLS Predictions winner. We do, yes.
0: Uh, so the week before, it was Thomas Formoso, mm-hmm. who had eight correct picks out of 11. Uh, Thomas, you forgot to make one of your picks this week. Thomas, you forgot to pick the TFC Houston game. Ah eh, well. But anyways, uh, Matthew Ryan Evans. Woo! I don't know if that's actually what you go by, but you got your three names there. And I, I actually, I think that sounds like favorite. It's Matthew a, Ryan Evans. He is very
1: eloquent. Yes.
0: So, so Matthew Ryan Evans gets nine picks correctly. Wow. Out of the eleven, he so even, nine oh, and he two. was
1: even calling draws. Come on. He's a
0: smart, smart man. Great uh. minds think alike, Baxter. So Matthew Ryan Evans, you just won $25 Woo! to use at the uh, website shopfootsold.com. Maybe I had a little whiskey. I can't remember uh, apparently. if I did. I, think, anyways, I thought anyways, I was drinking tea and lemonade. That's what Maybe it was, right. Little- anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Ryan Evans, congratulations. We had another seven people Seven people participate this past week. Um, Thomas was actually in second place, I believe. I no, believe? Zachary Galloway made it. Oh. I'd have to go back and look. But uh, but that was that was astounding. Nine yes. correct picks.
1: I thought it was fantastic, and I, it's, it's always good to see some of your family getting involved too. I thought that you know your brother Josh Provan getting involved. Uh, just it's nice to see. You. Friends that we know, but also see other people outside the yeah. realm as well. So continue to tell your friends and have them play with us when we do our predictions as well. Uh, do we have another gift card to give away this week? We're not though? giving away a
0: gift card this week. Actually, we, uh, we will come up with something this week. Um, we're in the process of actually trying to get some 2UpFront merchandise mm-hmm. printed. So my hope is that we can actually give away a 2UpFront T-shirt. That would be Or fantastic. a scarf or a hat. Ooh. So we're working on some business deals with that right now. Yes, indeed. Um, so, you know I say we, we go forth. We have the contest, and of we course. will figure out what that prize will be. But uh, and, and Thomas and Matthew, Thomas, we know we owe you yet a uh, promo code for that website. Yes, we we will get that to you as soon as we get one. Same with you, Ryan. I, we promise we will not forget
1: you. Yes, indeed. So congratulations to both of you gentlemen, to writing colleagues of mine. So well done. From coast to coast, uh, Matt Evans up in Seattle, Thomas out in Jersey. Uh, So we are nationwide when it comes to that. Um, So we have our new predictions for this week, Simon. Oh yes. Um, We will start it off here with the NYCFC versus Chicago game. Uh, It's interesting because NYCFC, they're coming off a 2-1 loss to the Red Bulls in their Derby game. uh, And they didn't look horrible. They didn't, and that's why I'm going to take them to win this game. You are, okay. I think the NYCFC is going to finally start turning their ways around. I, I I just do.
0: This is a tough one. I've, I've been. I was actually thinking about this on the drive in. Mm. So you know what I got to do with a tough one? Of course. Yep. Just make it a draw. No, of course. No, that makes sense. It's Chicago. They, they still have Harry Ship in there. You know, the, Sean Maloney's playing quite good. They've got Sean Johnson back in goal. Um, the gymnast. Okay. <laughs> kidding. So, so uh, they they still have all the tools there. I don't think New York City can really uh, contain ship and Maloney at this point. No. Um, but I also don't know if uh, Chicago's back line can handle via uh, Discarude all those guys playing. So that's why I'm going with the draw.
1: Okay, fair enough. All right, well, Simon, I will have a first this week. I will pick my first draw ever. <laughs> uh, I actually have three this week. Really? I do. Wow. I do, I do. Uh, I should f- go for Well, never mind. Go ahead, go ahead.
0: No? What? No, I was gonna say I should go first, but okay. I don't know what you're gonna
1: pick. You're gonna pick a draw here. Oh yeah, yeah, now you know. Yeah, F C Dallas and the New York Red Bulls, I think this will be a high flying game, but I do think it will end in a draw.
0: You know, this is one of those two where I'd say, Oh, this is the game of the week, but there's a couple more in there. I think the Seattle Vancouver game, it's Cascadia. It's huge. That very well could be a great game as well. Huge, huge. Um, but this for me is the quintessential game of the week. We've mm-hmm. got F C Dallas, for us the best in the, the West. The two best teams. And and Red Bull's one of the best teams mm-hmm. in the East. Um, I am gonna go with FC Dallas on okay. this.
1: Okay, interesting. All right, uh, my next pick. You have RSL and Montreal. Don't even know. Just uh, Real Salt Lake. Honestly, I just don't see Montreal is too focused on outside events right now. I agree right with now. you. I agree so with Real you. Salt Lake yeah, is we'll gonna go. take this victory. You know uh, I
0: should just I should just go with whoever you pick because I'm up two games on you know that you was such sure. an exciting weekend I know and, and you know I went up on you I tweeted this to you but I mm-hmm. went up on you with that uh, Portland Timbers <laughs> one awesome. so that was pretty cool Yeah
1: no, that's, a, that's a special moment I mean I was really hoping that you know if Orlando had not drawn New England, that would have been a different outcome for me, too. Right. Um, all right, speaking of the Revolution, they take on Toronto FC this week. Uh, it'll be a fun game. Um, you could make another argument for it being not a game of the week, but a, a second game to keep an eye, keep sure, an eye on. Sure, sure. Uh, well, England's, if
0: Toronto plays to what they should be able to yes. play to, it definitely would be a game Knowing of the week.
1: Knowing my luck and the Revolution luck, this will be the week that Toronto has a massive coming-out party and just goes crazy. But I still am taking the Revolution to it. I, I have
0: to take them as well. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, yeah, I don't really see why they wouldn't want to, in all honesty. I mean, they're the best team. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, um, Houston and Portland. Houston, uh, not a terrible team. Portland, not bad either. No. I'll uh, let you take this one first. Sure. Houston
0: is schizophrenic, though. That's the (laughs) thing that's tough for me about this one. Uh, Portland's not so schizophrenic as they are... I just feel like they keep chugging along and chugging along, though Valeri is back. He had a wonderful game, but again, that win was against Montreal, so it's one of those I just, I don't know who the Timbers are at this point, but I am going to pick the Portland Timbers. As again. am I. Uh, oh, really? Right, Portland All Timbers, right. yep. Uh,
1: Vancouver and Seattle. I am going to say the S-word. I think Seattle will be the better team in this game, but not by much, Simon. Not, not by much.
0: You know, I agree with you on that, but I, but I picked them last week, and I just don't like to keep picking Seattle. It's a bad omen. I'm going to – I will I will pick Vancouver. Will you? I will. I'll All right. I'll take Vancouver.
1: Fair enough. Uh, sporting Kansas City and Colorado. I, uh, what? Go yeah. ahead. No, go
0: ahead. It's so easy to pick a draw when it's Colorado <laughs> and sporting, and uh, I'm going to have to do that. I'm sorry. No, no. no. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go with sporting this oh. week.
1: I'll go with sporting. Fantastic. Me too. Sporting Kansas City – uh, definitely is my vote on this one. Um San Jose and Columbus. This is my second draw. Um, really? Uh, yeah. I don't hmm. I think Columbus on the road in San Jose. I think there'll be a little bit of midnight magic doubt out wide there in San Jose and I think they will end in a draw.
0: I'm gonna call this is my upset call of the week. I think San Jose is going to win this. Oh. And I base this purely off of the fact that Columbus is a quasi East Coast team. I know they would consider them most people consider them East Coast, some yes. consider it Midwest. Um But this game is set to kick off at 9.30 Central, so that's going to be 10.30 Eastern. Mm -hmm. So that's all the more tiredness Columbus has where San Jose doesn't. So it's purely that scientific way of looking at it as to why I'm picking San Jose. However
1: you need to get to that point, that's all that matters. All right, in the last two games, Orlando and Los Angeles, the Galaxy, as it were, part of ESPN Soccer Sunday, A little upset that Orlando's been on primetime television like you know twelve times every week, pretty much every week. It's like game of the week, Orlando and I'm like, oh come on.
0: At least we'll have that flex schedule near the end of the season. So if if you got teams that are out of the playoffs, get them out. You'll get you'll get moved around. So, um, anyways, I guess I should I should I should pick one for this i got to pick a draw.
1: Do you? Okay. I do, because it's
0: at home. It's in, it's in Orlando. We don't know what's going on with the Galaxy right now, so I'm going to pick a draw.
1: Fair enough. All right, well, I am going to take L.A. on this one. I think L.A. in prime time is always you know, pretty clutch. Do they? Yes, they are. In yeah. all honesty, so I think the Galaxy will get a nice needed win. That's good. We needed some variance in our picks we anyways. Did. We did. We did. And then the last game, D.C. United and Philly. This is my last draw. Um, because Philly and DC is a pretty bitter East Coast rivalry, and if there's ever a game where Philly wants to go and break people's hearts, it would be against DC United.
0: It would be, and they won't. DC's gonna win this you one. You think so? 2 nothing.
1: Alright, well, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Alright, we're gonna go to one more quick break when we come back. A quick review of the Lamar Hunt US Open Cup first round and our I Believe segments. This is Two Upfront presented by Sports Radio America. Don't go anywhere. Oh, okay. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, we're going to chat a little bit about the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. First round, it is all in the bag. There were some surprises, there were some upsets, and sure enough, we are going to talk about it because it is American soccer, Simon, and darn it, do we love American soccer.
0: We do, especially... When you get down to these amateur teams. Yes. You know, this is this is an all-amateur round. You got teams from the PDL, from the USASA, from the NPSL. Oh, um, yeah, we had a team from Madison in there, the Madison Fire. I actually believe they are affiliated with the Chicago Fire, and that's I'd why they so. have the name Madison Fire. So they ended up losing, though, Boom. to the Des Moines Menace 2-1. to one. The what Menace, is, what? Menace is in this tournament, I think, almost every year. I can say my, my three older brothers played with the Bavarians one year, and they beat the menace seven Ooh. to one in wow. the first round. That's
1: impressive. So, I'm a little upset uh, looking down the line. The uh, the two two teams close to my heart, the Southwest Florida Adrenaline lost 2-1 to one to Miami United. Uh, adrenaline right in my hometown of Naples. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's very exciting. Uh, we got that team three years ago, I think. Four oh, nice, nice. And then the uh, the Italians, the Brooklyn Italians, they lost 3-1 to the Long Island Rough Riders. Yes, and uh,
0: we, we talked about them last week. They've got they a did. very rich history in the U.S. Cup. The Long Island Rough Riders used to be a professional club. Oh. And uh, after Tony Miola, after the 94 World sure. Cup, he went to try to kick for the New York Jets, and he was known as Captain Hook because he just kept hooking the balls. Oh. Um, so he basically retired from the national team. Um, and he went back to playing soccer. That's when the Long Island Rough Riders were a third division team. He actually played with them that oh, year. Wow. And then he went and played indoor for the Buffalo Blizzard, ah. which I saw him play against the Milwaukee Wave and ran and got my autograph from Tony Viola. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so anyways, a little bit sidetracked there. But interesting, last night seven games went to shootouts. How
1: crazy is that?
0: Yeah, you know, I think what that shows is how how even a lot of these teams are across the country, man. Mm-hmm. That's 14 teams that had to play against each other in shootouts, you know, yeah. so... Uh, exciting! Very exciting tournament. An exciting thing is that Fox will be airing the final of this. Which is Don't great. know if it's going to be Fox Sports One or Fox Sports Two. My money is on Fox Sports Two. But come on, this tournament is so Fox Sports pre- prestigious, 34.
1: right? You know, I'd love to see it on Fox Sports One. What um, what rounds do they finally start putting in MLS teams? I, I believe I'm noticing here in the second round. This is where the second teams will be put in, like you know, LA Galaxy Two, Seattle Sounders Two. It'll be either the third or fourth round. Okay. And I want to say it's the fourth because I think
0: the – we could go back in here and look. But I think the third round is when they start throwing in
1: the uh, NASL clubs and then the fourth round. Well, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know exactly when they do Let's go back and look. We'll double check. But But anyway – uh, U.S. Open Cup. Don't forget about it. I mean, I think people kind of forget about it with their if, unless you're like directly involved with some of those local teams. You kind of forget about it until it gets to a national scale with MLS teams. But you
0: know, and it's one of the oldest tournaments in the world. It's yeah. one of the oldest knockout tournaments in the world. Uh, what I want to see though is these MLS teams. The Galaxy does this all the time. Bruce Arena doesn't go to the first couple of games. He says one of his assistants. Yeah, Galaxy always get knocked out of it. I want to see these MLS clubs. Fine, you don't have to play your top players every game. I get that. I mean, that happens in England. Sure, but. As a head coach, as the manager, go to the game. Show, you know, and that you play these games and let's face it, there's a lot of people, a lot of these local clubs who want to come out and see the LA Galaxy, to see the New York Red Bulls
1: in their hometown. That would be, I, I would go. I would definitely go. I went to a preseason Seattle Sounders-Chicago Fire game, like, five years ago, mm-hmm. purely so I could see Casey Keller and Freddie Montero play, and Avi Alonso, I think, as well. Sean Johnson, I got to see him play, and Jeff Lorenowitz, but, like, I wanted to go see those players, and, I mean, it wasn't in Naples. I drove three hours to go see the preseason game, but still, that place was packed, because people wanted to see these bigger-name players, and i uh, Close stadium scale it was really Yeah, because nice.
0: not, not everybody can travel to go see an mls club exactly you know? um, I got a question for you. How do sure. you feel about obviously there's there's unaffiliated u s l clubs there's affiliated u s l clubs and then there's the Daughters of the MLS teams in the USL, like LA Galaxy, DOS uh, T two and S two for the Timbers and the Sounders. How do you feel about them being able to participate in this tournament?
1: It's weird because I think the original plan for those teams was to be more of an academy, like that's like the, the growing up system. Like you can make an argument that you know some of these ple- some of these teams don't want to get rid of their their younger players, but they're just not quite good enough to play for MLS. I think it's a good idea, but at the same time, like it's. If we start seeing consistently over the next few years where we just see just those teams just dominate those leagues, then I would be a little bit more concerned about it, saying, all right, listen, like there should be an age limit. There should be something for these teams where you can't be just blowing through everybody all season long. Yeah, I've
0: got mixed emotions about it, mixed feelings about it, because these teams can apparently just loan players whenever they want to their USL clubs. And I just don't like the idea that... You can be taking some of your top players and then loaning them Mm -hmm. during the U.S. Open Cup to their sister teams and then bringing them right back up to the top team. That's where I have a problem. I think some rules have to be laid down so that doesn't... And maybe they have and I haven't researched it enough, but I'd have a real problem if that
1: continues to happen. I would have to agree with that. All right, Simon, well, you know what time it is, don't you? (laughs) It is time for our I Believe segment, where Simon and I both get an opportunity to throw out a, you could call it a, not an outlandish, but a a surprising, a, what's the right word for it? A, a bold statement, I guess, is the right way to yes, put it. Yes, yes. We throw out a bold statement about something in the soccer world, and it is our I Believe segment, and as you can tell, it is based off of the US Men's National Team chant that I believe that we will win. So, with that being said, sir, would you like to go first? Actually, week? I want you to go first. You want me to go You'll first? You'll see why. Oh, yes. Uh, I'd fair like enough. You to go first. Yeah, I feel like this isn't going to work out well for me. <laughs> All right. Well, Simon, um, I believe that Kai Kamara of the Columbus Crew will be the 2015 MLS goal scoring champion, but I think that he is, because of his popularity and his name, he will not win MVP this year. So, what do you mean by because of his popularity? I think that he is not popular enough. He's not a okay. Robbie Keane. He's not a Terry Henry. He's not a massive marquee name, unless you are a die-hard MLS fan, you will be like, who is Kai Kamara? I got you. Great for him that he scored these goals, but who is he?
0: Yeah, and I'd have to agree with you on that, Baxter. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I believe two things this week. Oh. So I believe that the way my brother is going about his training in Florida is going to be a national thing that happens. Mm. We're going to see the great results from that, and people are going to start paying attention to that. Uh, since we're going to be off air, at least as a team, mm-hmm. for the next four weeks, I just want to say I believe that you're going to have an awesome and blessed marriage. Thank you. And I want to congratulate you on that and, uh, you know, enjoy it for all it's worth. I will.
1: I certainly will. Any any marital advice for me before we uh, You know, I don't have go?
0: marital advice, but I do have advice for you while you're at your wedding. Okay. Make sure you take time. Somebody told me this once. It's the best advice I got. The day goes by so fast. You do all this planning. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and the day just happens. Make sure you literally step back and just look at everything mm. and take it all in. Make sure you take those moments because you don't want those moments to pass you by.
1: Okay. Well, I appreciate the advice, Simon. It's been a pleasure doing the show with you, sir. And Absolutely. I look forward to the future of Two Up Front as well with you. Uh, We are going to sign off for today, as that music indicates. But before we do, Simon, where can they find us on social media?
0: Social media, you can find us on Facebook. Our page is 2UpFront. You can find us on Twitter,
1: at 2UpFrontSoccer. Yes, indeed. And we are broadcast uh, Friday afternoons from 3 to 6 Eastern on Sports Radio America, so don't forget to check us out there. We're also broadcasting on Spreaker.com. You can download our podcast on iTunes as well. Well, a special thanks to your brother, Jake, for stopping by today and talking during our hometown spotlight. We talked about all kinds of crazy stuff, Simon, as we always do. Go back and check it out if you didn't get a chance to listen to the full episode. He's Simon Provan. I am Baxter Colburn, with our manager being the one above. We are two up front. Huzzah!